the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hydroxychloroquine is still a dirty word, apparently. Didn't a major study just come out in the last week or two that said that hydroxychloroquine works? So why aren't doctors allowed to talk about it? Yesterday, a group called Frontline Doctors put out a video with a, a doctor named Kelly Ward standing in front of the group, and she went off, and she's, uh, she tr- said she treated hundreds of patients with it, and it works, it saved lives. Uh, she said you don't need masks, you just need hydroxychloroquine. That's the, that's the fixer. Uh, and I had planned to play that sound here today, but the video's gone. Uh, Twitter and YouTube took it down. Somebody, who's probably not a doctor, by the way, decided that it was misinformation, so you don't get to hear this doctor say this unless you saw it yesterday, which is kind of scary when you think that the misinformation about hydroxychloroquine may have actually cost thousands of lives a couple of months ago when the media were saying that uh, Donald Trump was an idiot and uh, was dangerous and blah, blah, blah. But there's a video right here that hasn't been scrubbed yet. It's from a doctor in Texas who's been treating patients with hydroxychloroquine with lots of success. I haven't been able to find his name yet. I'll, I'll see if I can get it. But just listen to his story. And then I got on a Facebook Live video that <laughs> in about two hours reached 100,000 people. And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get some repercussions. Sure enough, I did. The board came calling and they said, you said that hydroxychloroquine works um, and you're basically a public menace. Um, and, and, you know, we want to know who you treated. Uh, you said you, at the time, it was really early on, I said treated three patients. Um, and I had to provide all the records, all the information. I was very intimidated, as you might imagine, uh, because, you know, I have to practice. Uh, I have to feed my family. I, I love what I'm doing, but, you know, I, I'm not independently wealthy. I, I, I'm, I was a little bit afraid. I uh, really was. Uh, that lasted about a day. Uh, at that point, you know, again, as Simone, as Dr. Gold said, We've got to do the right thing for the patients. And at the time, I wrote a bunch of letters saying, I'm not going to let my patients get on vents and ECMO. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to allow it to happen. I'm going to treat them. I don't care. Uh, well, suffice it to say, um, you know, I got reprimanded. I'm still in, in, in a process of, of negotiation with that whole thing. Uh, but as Dr. Uh, Armstrong said, I'm really not afraid. I know I'm doing the right thing. I've treated a number of patients. I won't tell you how many because then I'll probably have to provide records for all that. So for the purposes of this statement, I'm going to say I treated three. (laughs) Okay. So the board is, the fear of reprisal is the reason why we're in this place right now. Docs don't want to do this. There's a fear of reprisal. I was very worried about it, and I can tell you all the people who believe in this medication, who believe in early treatment, feel the same way. They're really scared to go forward and treat patients because they don't want to lose their medical license, and, and that's a big deal. So the intimidation is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, and it is pretty scary, as he said. I mean, if, if the drug is working and, and it's gotten to the point where doctors are afraid to admit it, does that mean they're afraid to give it to people, which means maybe people are getting a lot sicker than they need to get or even dying because they're not getting hydroxychloroquine? Well, meanwhile, uh, today there was a uh, hearing with uh, Attorney General Barr, and it was uh, uh, just a total circus with the questions by the Democrats and just never giving them a chance to answer the questions, which were actually speeches uh, disguised as questions. And uh, when we com- uh, when we uh, come back at 5.30 in our second half hour, we're going to talk to uh, Hans von Spakovsky of the uh, Heritage Foundation, who's an expert on this kind of stuff, and uh, we're going to talk to him about how that hearing went and uh, what he thought about it. So stick around for that. But also today is an Every Other Tuesday And that means Tim Murtaugh, the uh, communications director for Trump 2020, is here. And we're going to talk to him when we come back. Stick around. 
Uncle Tom is a movie that leftist Democrats don't want you to see, which, of course, is one big reason why you should want to see it. Uh, Uncle Tom stars Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, and Brandon Tatum. Now, they all share three things in common. They're courageous, they had a life-changing experience, and they are black conservative Americans. Something else they have in common? Their voices are the ones the leftists don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. It's their stories of how their lives were changed when they finally figured out the truth. It's the story of black conservatives in their own voice. You can see Uncle Tom now on pay-per-view. Just go to UncleTom.com and download it. The stories that these courageous people have to tell will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. It's a story of redemption and hope. It's the story of America's black conservatives, and it's the truth. See Uncle Tom now. Just go to UncleTom.com. Finally, here's the inside story of how the deep state went after President Trump in a new book entitled Above the Law. This is Matt Whitaker, former acting United States Attorney General. My new book, Above the Law, is a first-hand account of how former FBI Chief James Comey and top officials in the Justice Department worked against President Trump. In my book, I explain how the double standards were applied to President Trump and his allies by the mainstream media to achieve its goals. And you'll learn how the Mueller investigation was able to produce a massive report for the purpose of political subversion, in spite of the fact that there was no evidence of wrongdoing by the president or his campaign. I also include my thoughts on how we ensure that this never happens again to another president or American citizen. It was an honor of a lifetime to serve this administration. In my book, you'll read why I encourage everyone to say yes to the call of public service. Get an up-close and personal perspective on Obamagate from inside the Justice Department. Read Above the Law, the eye-opening new book by Matthew Whitaker, available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Strategies with everything in our toolkit working for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we're under the 100-day mark until the election. We still have the pandemic. We still have rioting in the streets, also known as peaceful demonstrations. Uh, today, the Democrats used a hearing with Attorney General William Barr as a campaign ad. They came after him pretty hard. Tim Murtaugh is the communications director for Trump 2020. He joins us every other Tuesday. Tim, thanks for coming on again. You bet, John. How you doing? Good, good. So did you see the uh, hearing with uh, Bill Barr today, or were you lucky enough to miss it? I was I guess able to watch still be some going of it. On, I guess. Yeah, I was able to watch some of it, and uh, you know, the attorney general—he—he he just uh, his pulse rate must be around forty or so. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah. nothing ruffles that guy. He's—he's he's so no. good. He's so calm and so sharp. 
And the one thing where they were the, one of the Democrats was uh, on him about uh, the, the president, when the president crossed the, the Lafayette Square and went to the church there across the street yeah. from the White House. And the guy said, were you aware that these, these, these uh, leaders of, of the church didn't like when that happened? And Barr said, was that before or after they put the fire out? <laughs> so just yeah. calm and collected and making his points. Very good. Well, he's been around a while, and uh, he's been through some hearings, I'm sure, uh, before, and um, he knows what to expect. It was, it was, but it was, it was pretty obvious from the questioning that the Democrats are going to blame. Uh, and, and there are questions, by the way, and I'll be talking to Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation about this. But it was pretty obvious uh, these were questions or speeches disguised as questions. But the Democrats are going to blame President Trump for the coronavirus and being mean to peaceful demonstrators. That's that was a big thing. Yeah. Peaceful demonstrators. Joe Biden put out a statement last week about that with regards to Portland. And he said that uh, the peaceful dem- demonstrators were, were, you know, were just being disturbed. And he actually accused the police of, quote, yeah. stoking the fires of division. The fires of division, the police doing that. And yep. Joe Biden's so-called peaceful protesters were setting literal fires. They were trying to burn the federal courthouse yep. down. That's what Joe Biden thinks of peaceful protesters, these people who are using air rifles and slingshots and launching fireworks at uh, the police and using lasers. Some of the, some of the officers uh, have yet to regain their eyesight because of these lasers. These are Joe Biden's peaceful protesters, and that's who he's decided to throw his lot in with. He's, he has sided with them, with the rioters, against the law enforcement community and against the people in these cities who just want to live their lives in peace and, and, and pursue their lives and dreams. And Joe Biden thinks that it's just fine what the rioters are doing there. And you know why that is, John? It's because he's too weak to stand up to the extreme left anti-police wing of his party. He can't, mm-hmm. he, he's not allowed to, to call out the rioters and say that, you know, the violence is, is not tolerable. He's not allowed to do that because the extreme left won't let him. I know he couldn't say that, and uh, I don't expect you to agree with me, but when I see those lasers uh, and I'm hearing that they they cause somebody possibly to lose a sight in an eye, if not both eyes, uh, permanently, I, I think you're begging for a bullet. I mean, uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's a pretty big deal to go blind. If I'm if I'm there, I'd I'd have to want to put a stop to that. I'm just sorry, but I would. Um, but meanwhile, as you just pointed out, uh, and in a piece you wrote this week, Joe Biden keeps getting pulled to the left. Uh, you know what's next? A Che Guevara shirt? I mean, where's <laughs> how much? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean that that really would be the about the only place left he could go. He's already said that he would go back to the policy of appeasing Cuba, which mm-hmm. means uh, you know more money in the in the coffers of the totalitarian dictatorship there. Oh, I didn't know he make, was on record for that one. Is he, oh is he yeah, I mean, he told too? a Miami TV station, which is a really oh, funny place to uh, unveil that policy, <laughs> and that would that would make it uh, easier for Cuba to prop up. The other dictators in the region, like Maduro in in uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Venezuela, and so yeah, it's it's everything. It's he's going to raise taxes by four trillion dollars. He's telling us to his credit, he's actually telling us he's going to do that. And the Green New Deal, which would just absolutely decimate the natural gas industry and the fracking industry, which, as you know, Pennsylvania is so dependent on. Uh, he would throw our borders wide open, not uh, criminalize illegal border crossings, and he would uh, grant amnesty to 11 million illegal immigrants, give everybody free health care paid for by the taxpayers, and he would also award illegal I- aliens work permits so that they can compete with Americans for jobs. And as jobs are, are really needed now coming out of this coronavirus crisis, he would, he would introduce illegal aliens into the legitimate workforce. And these are just terrible extremist ideas out of the mind of Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And, and they're, they're absolutely in control of Joe Biden. He's the Trojan horse candidate for them. He's an empty vessel that they are filling with their radical agenda, and, and Biden really has no choice but to go along with them. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it, the uh, the Joe Biden of, of say, 1977 uh, calling what we're seeing on the streets of several cities now peaceful demonstrations. I mean, that's, that's if you, I think you could go back and find some pretty tough talk out of Joe back in those days that uh, wouldn't match up well with what's going on now. Yeah, you you could. But you know what a lot of people have said is that Joe Biden really is just has throughout his whole life has just been a weather vane 
for uh-huh. what goes on and what is the prevailing wisdom in the Democrat Party. And right now, the weather vane is blowing from the extreme left. Of the, the weather is coming from the extreme left of the party. And so that's the way that's the way he's following. And, you know, when you talk about defunding the police, and that's that's a, a, a movement that that train has left the Democrat station. And Joe Biden is just a hapless passenger on on board that. And he actually admitted it. He was asked by on videotape by by a liberal activist. Can't we agree that we must redirect? the police funds to other parts of the government. And Biden said, yes, absolutely. He, enth- he agreed enthusiastically. And so that's, that's what he's got now. He's got to do those things and, and obey the commands of the extreme left. And these, these, are, these are folks who, that, believe, that believe that America was broken when it was founded. It has remained broken for 240 years, and it's broken today. He put out a video on July 4th, Joe Biden did, and in this two-minute video, he couldn't even bring himself to say he was proud of America or proud to be an American on July 4th. And that's because the extreme left doesn't want to hear that kind of stuff, so he can't say it. Well, we're talking to Tim Murtaugh. He's the communications director for Trump 2020. Speaking of July 4th, uh, I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but since you did, uh, the president was out in South Dakota on July the 3rd, and people were ripping him. And um, the governor of South Dakota, uh, Christy Noem, for the dangerous uh, idea of having people collected for this uh, celebration of the Independence Day at uh, Mount Rushmore. And she said, uh, we will not be social distancing and we will have masks there if you want them, but uh, we're not requiring them. And uh, I thought we'd be seeing... uh, you know, a, a shortage of space for the morgues, uh, the morgue out there, for all the people who are going to die from a result of that. I haven't heard one bit of news about that, about how this, there was a spike in cases. Have you? Uh, no, I have not. And and what's important to point out is that when the president goes to places like that, like Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, you know, the the people who sit in these newsrooms, they think that because it's what they see and hear in, say, Manhattan or in Washington, D.C., that it must be the right. same everywhere because they're they're right. so blinded by the, the conversations that they have in their little liberal newsroom that when they see the president on TV, it doesn't occur to them that situations might be different somewhere else in America. You know, that's what, you know, they call it flyover country, very, very disparagingly. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, when it's a presidential election year, you'll see the New York Times, like, parachute a reporter into Iowa, and they'll interview people on the ground in Iowa like they're some sort of exotic species, and then report back to the intelligent people in New York, you should see how these people live and behave. I mean, it's really disgusting. It's really disgusting how the, the national news media is so condescending with so uh, against so many millions of Americans. And so when the president's there at Mount Rushmore and he was proud to stand there in the shadow of four such gr- giant figures from uh, our America's history, and to hear CNN call Mount Rushmore practically a monument to white supremacy, uh, yep. it was remarkable because they never had that opinion of Mount Rushmore before Donald Trump went there. You know, when, no. when uh, other presidents have gone there, it's always been a majestic sight. When Donald Trump goes there, they have to suddenly be against it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, so uh, and how hard will the president be pushing uh, for the opening of schools? We're getting closer here. And, uh, you know, it's around here in Western PA, it's pretty much, a, I guess, a, a question of each individual school district. But and I guess that's the way it should be. But uh, the president seems to be uh, pretty intent on getting people back to school, kids in school with teachers, not not online. Yeah, he is. He is. He knows that you know, all educational experts and, and even medical experts know that it's good for the health uh, and development of, of kids to be in school. And it's also where they learn better. You know, we're talking about if the kids don't go back to school, we're talking about keeping everybody out of school for really an entire year, essentially, and missing a whole year of schooling. And that's not good for the kids, and everyone acknowledges that. So the president knows that, that kids have to go back to school and, uh, and do so on time. And, and Joe Biden has set up this false choice where he says you can either go back to school or remain safe. And the president just rejects that. You can do both. And it's also important to open the schools because we got to get this economy moving, and parents need the certainty that schools are going to open again in the fall so that they can go back to work. 
so it's really a, a two-pronged approach here. And that's the president uh, has called on Congress to supply $105 billion dollars uh, so that local schools can use that to for their safety equipment or for the purposes they need to be able to reopen safely. And, and John, I know a lot of parents might be nervous about that, sending kids back to school, but if you look at the experience of the YMCA system in New York, which of course really has been the epicenter for the coronavirus in this country, throughout the course of the outbreak, throughout the course of the pandemic, the Ys in New York uh, have kept open their daycare system. 40,000 kids have been in the daycares at the YMCA's in New York City, and they don't have any instances of any single location having more than one case. The New York Times wrote a big story about that. So there is a really big case study that shows that it absolutely can be done and can be done safely, and the president is de- determined. We've got to get going. He absolutely wants kids to be safe, but they've got to get back to school. Well, uh, I have the numbers here. For children aged 10 to 19, it is uh, 0.00032% uh, of deaths for, peop- uh, for kids that age who get the, uh, get the disease. That's three deaths per million, which is nothing because, I mean, you, unless you're one of the three, but, I mean, uh, there's so many other things that are more dangerous than the virus, three three deaths per million. So is this, but is this a, um, do your polls show that this is a winning issue to be pushing for schools? Well, I mean, we we have reason, let me just say this, we have reason to believe that people agree with the president, but um, uh-huh. the idea that schools should reopen so that kids can go back to school and keep learning and so that parents can go back to work is just common sense. You know, you mm-hmm. can't stay locked down. I mean, Joe Biden was at it again today in this in this speech that he gave in his remarks, where he's really he's really trying to tell people that we still got to stay locked down until practically until the coronavirus is non-existent completely, like 100 percent eradication, and that's just not realistic. We cannot no. stay indefinitely locked down. I mean, I don't know how many years he would be talking about, but we do, there are long-term health effects with, with a long-term economic downturn. We know that, and, and there's no way that this country can be bottled up for you know six more months, 12 more months. I don't know how many years Joe Biden is talking about, but it, it, it's dangerous to talk that way, to talk about yeah. shutting down again. Um, it was the, the, all the people who were put out of work because of uh, because of the complete and utter shutdown. And those jobs are coming back, by the way. May and June were both record job creation months, and the president's policies are still in place. The president built the world's best economy once, and he will do it again. And Joe Biden is saying, no, stop. Well, try to tell that to somebody who's an hourly worker, right, who, who needs to go to work. And then if you say, okay, well, some of you can go back to work, but the schools won't be open. I mean, what, in Joe Biden's America, how in the world is that a workable solution? It's just not. We're talking to uh, Tim Murtaugh. We're going to finish up here. He's the communications director for Trump 2020. He got about a minute and a half left. Uh, somebody named Nina Turner, a former co-chair of the Sanders campaign, said yesterday that voting for Biden is like eating a bowl of, uh, well, poop. She didn't say poop. Um, that doesn't say <laughs> that doesn't say a lot for the enthusiasm level for Joe out there among the Democrats, does it? No, it doesn't. And that's, I mean, that's a very colorful way to describe what is very real and, and we know is happening. Voters for President Trump, his supporters are so enthusiastic and, and they, they just can't wait to get involved in the process. He broke records in all of the Republican primary states, getting two and three times the amount of votes that Barack Obama got when he was running for reelection unopposed. And so the enthusiasm on our side, on the president's side, is very real. We know that the president's supporters would run through a brick wall to vote for Donald Trump, but ain't nobody running through a brick wall for Joe Biden. No. I got 30 seconds. Is there ever going to be a debate? Hard break. We sure hope so. I mean, I know Joe will try to get out of it if, if it's at all possible because he knows he can't stand toe-to-toe with uh, Donald Trump. We want more debates, and we want them early before people start this early voting that's been going on. We absolutely want there to be debates, and there has to be. Hey, he's here every two weeks. Tim Murtaugh, Communications Director for Trump 2020. Tim, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Anytime, John. As always, a pleasure. Enjoy yourself on the campaign, and we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The differences in Washington over the next coronavirus aid package are vast. Democrats proposing $3 trillion in relief, Republicans 
have a $1 trillion counteroffer. Attorney General William Barr on Capitol Hill testifying before the House Judiciary Committee earlier. He is defending the federal law enforcement response to civil unrest in America. Barr told the members of the committee at a much-anticipated hearing that the violence taking place in Portland, Oregon, and other cities is disconnected from George Floyd's killing. Major League Baseball temporarily suspended the Miami Marlins season through Sunday because of their worsening coronavirus outbreak. A late slump left stocks broadly lower on Wall Street. The Dow fell 205 points today. The Nasdaq was off 134. This is SRN News. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half motorcycle. You grab life with both hands. And you grab your bike with both hands. Both hands. Therefore, bike is life. Figuratively speaking. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Blue Star Medicated Ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Dennis Prager explains what the left sees. The dehumanization of blacks, yes. It's the left's dehumanization of blacks. They're not people, they're a color. This is what the left's message is. You know why the left says all whites are racist? Because they're racist and they assume that everybody else is. There's no other possible explanation for that moronic comment. And people have fallen for it. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. The Answer Pittsburgh celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at TheAnswerPGH.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled the globe for evidence of some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. The results are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use Use the promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. All stacked up on outbound 28 up to a half hour delay. Freeport Road out to 910 because of an accident. Parkway East inbound delays broaching the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and into the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound, that's a slow go up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, about a four-minute delay. Parkway West, that's also busy. Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight, mainly clear, low 65. Partial sunshine for Wednesday, the high tomorrow, 87. Wednesday night, clouds low 67. Clouds and sun on Thursday, high 83. Friday, sunshine and some clouds, high 81. 
and clouds and sun Saturday, high 83, Sunday high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, they brought the Attorney General, William Barr, up to Capitol Hill today for a hearing, but the Democrats had no real interest in hearing him because they didn't let him answer any questions. Uh, Hans von Spakovsky is a senior legal expert at the Heritage Foundation. He's uh, been through a lot of hearings and seen a lot of this stuff, and he knows what goes on up in uh, on Capitol Hill, and he's worked in the Justice Department, too. He joins us now. Hans, thanks for coming on again. Sure, thanks for having me. So um, I find these hearings... Uh, too annoying to watch i i mean i i have that's they've gotten so ridiculous to me that i i can only handle it by watching the highlights i think i don't last very long speeches disguised as questions um was i I watched a lot of today's hearing with uh william barr was today's hearing a little bit more ridiculous than usual in in that uh, respect yes i i have never seen this level of instability rudeness and constant insulting and demeaning remarks uh, directed at an attorney general. And, and moreover, time after time after time, uh, the Democratic committee members wouldn't allow him to even answer the questions they were posing to him. I mean, at one point, uh, it was so obvious this was happening constantly that uh, Jim Jordan, who's the ranking, uh, one of the ranking Republicans on the committee, said, he had never been at a committee where we didn't allow witnesses to um, answer questions. And the response by uh, Jerry Nadler, who's the chairman from New York, was, well, what you want is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard that. So what's the effect, though, that a circus like this can have on, on uh, the election, on the viewers at least, Um are there enough masochists out there that could watch this whole thing? I, I, don't, I can't see anybody, unless they have a job like mine or yours, where you have to. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't picture anybody, even with you know, a pretty good interest in politics, sitting through that. It was, it's too frustrating to watch. Yeah, I actually think this hurts Democrats, and I'll tell you why. Um, the constant theme repeated by Democrats throughout the hearing was that uh, there are only peaceful protesters out there, and that yeah. the federal government and and Barr they have overreacted. I mean, at one point Nadler said the only reason you're, you've sent federal officers out there is to suppress dissent. Well, mm-hmm. uh, the, the average person is seeing night after night video coverage of violence, rioters trying to burn down the federal courthouse in uh, Portland. Uh, Federal U.S. Marshals have been injured. Three, three of them may be permanently blinded because they're aiming lasers at them. And it's like Democrats are in a fantasy land. And I think, you know, like I said, the average person, they don't like seeing that kind of anarchy, that kind of violence going on. And when you, they see Democrats saying, oh, there's, that's not really happening. And no, we don't want uh, federal law enforcement doing anything about it, I, I think the reaction to that is not going to be the way Democrats want it to be. Well, Barr had no real chance to defend himself, uh, obviously, uh, but how do you think he did under the circumstances? You know, to me, he came across as the adult in the mm-hmm. room. Um, yeah. uh, very, it was a very sharp contrast to the others. You know, one of the most effective things, you, you may have seen this, was... Um, uh, again, Jim Jordan, he actually played a video. Oh, yeah. He played yeah. a video of all these Democrats and media figures saying, oh, no, they're just peaceful protesters, peaceful protesters, peaceful protesters. And then the video changed to showing uh, the masked um, uh, rioters and the violence and the oh, fires burning. Explosions, and fires. And, yeah. Yes. So, I, I said, I... I I don't think they realize that a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm. And the pictures I think coming out of this uh, actually make the attorney general look good and make them look bad. I wish I had counted. And I I don't know. I think this is also, I'm sure the Republicans are guilty of this too, but I think it's just uh, the degree we're talking about here. But, but I wish I had counted the number of times he was asked a, uh, you know, have you stopped beating your wife question 
that required a yes or no answer. Um, right. I mean, and, I, I and, then, like, and then they wouldn't give him a chance to try to explain and actually give yeah. a real answer. And, and so that you think that kind of unfairness is, is going to be counterproductive, even though, I, as I said, I don't think, I don't know, I, 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 the impression that I got and that you got because you watched most of it will be different from what most people get because most people are out, uh, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not sitting in their house watching that. Well, yeah, and I think, like I said, I think the average person would just turn off after after a while. My, my daughter actually tried watching part of it, and at a point she was laughing. Yeah. at how ridiculous the questions were and the behavior were of, of some of the Democratic members of the committee. Now, um, you've seen more of these hearings than I have and probably been a part of some of them, but uh, um, is, is there a point where, where a, um, a, I guess it's a witness, whatever you would, what was he called, is he, is he considered a witness? What, what is, he, is, he is considered a witness, yeah. Okay. Uh, is there a point when uh, he can be a little bit more, or could be a little bit more defiant, or just um, uh, just continue to talk when they say tell them to stop talking. Because I, I think if it's me, I don't shut up. I, if, if you ask me a question, I'm either going to answer it or I'm going to stop. I'm just going to not answer anything. Well, you know, it depends on who the witness is. Um, uh, look, if you're the, a current member of an administration and you're there in a supposed oversight hearing. Um, uh, you, you, to some extent, have to put up with the rudeness and, and instability that's going on. On the other hand, if you're just a witness who's been brought in uh, to testify and you're, you're not a member of the government, um, you don't have to put up with that. Uh, you, you can be defined. You, I don't know if you remember this. Remember David Addington, the former chief of staff uh, for the vice president during the Bush administration? You know, he was brought in to give testimony at one point after the Bush administration, and he was very defiant in going back uh, against the people who were mm-hmm. questioning him. Yeah, uh, and and based on their their uh, speeches disguised as questions, <clears throat> at least it was I was watching, you, you would think that uh, William Barr should have just been handcuffed and, you know, frog-marched out of there. Um, did they do yeah. any damage to him? Like I said, I I don't think so. I mean, I I think he came across as uh, very, you know, he had a very calm demeanor. He stayed calm in the face of very rude and insulting remarks. And um, I I, I think actually he will come out of this uh, in much better shape than the folks who were asking him questions, especially especially when you have the chairman basically saying, no, we're going to not allow you to answer the questions you're being asked or to respond uh, to the demeaning remarks made against you. Yeah, um, I, I just, it just, it was a circus to me. And um, the Democrats on the committee obviously came in with a plan to establish that Barr was allowing violence against uh, peaceful protesters. There, did, uh, I mean, was it, would it have been possible for their questions, as loaded as they were, to overcome the pictures everybody had seen in, the, in that video? I, I don't think so. And look, uh, anybody who is listening to to him or to Barr, or to, who would read read his written speech, um, you know, one of the one of the pleas that he made to the committee was that, and I think this this is really good. He said, "Look, regardless of your political views or your feelings about the administration, uh, you ought to be condemning the violence, and particularly the violence that's being directed at federal officers and the destruction of federal property." And yet, that's the Democrats refused to do that today. They continue to insist that it was the federal government that was the problem and not these uh, these anarchists uh, and members of Antifa who, who are engaging in this kind of behavior all over the country. Yeah, yeah. and um, do you think, I mean, do the Democrats really believe what's in their loaded questions? Because they're, they're not asking questions. They're, ma- they're statements of fact disguised as questions. Um, do they really think that they they uh, that those things are true, or are they just doing it because they have to politically? Do you think? I mean, how much how much of it is genuine? Just that they are actually um, upset with the, the attorney general, and they they believe what they're saying. I think there are many of them that actually believe what they're saying. I mean, if th- if think about the questions that were being asked about the 
the Russia collusion investigation. Look, you and I both know yeah. now that that was a totally bogus claim. And yet you, you had members of the committee acting as if um, uh, the, the Justice Department had done something wrong somehow and not prosecuting the president and others as if that Russia collusion claim was, was true. So they're, they're clearly, I, I mean, their grasp of reality uh, is, is just, is just not there. They, they, it's like they've been warped so much by partisan politics that they, mm-hmm. they don't want to recognize when particular claims like that one just aren't true. I, I, I was actually stunned that they that they went down that path again. I, mean, I, 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 I guess I'm I'm wondering when when is that when are they going to let that go? I mean, they they obviously came in with lots of other things to attack them about. Why would they dredge that up? And uh, do they think they're going to do that during the campaign? That that's, they're going to be able to get away with acting as if that question even still exists? Yeah, it appears as if they believe that if they just keep repeating that claim, that the American public will somehow start to believe it. I, I think that's a mistake. I, I think the majority of folks are tired of hearing that claim being made, but they they apparently haven't given up on it. We're talking to Hans von Spakovsky. He's a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, former member of the Federal Election Committee, uh, I noticed that they were uh, spent a little time on one of your specialties, which is elections and mail-in ballots. Right. So why are the Demo- they, they wanted to really press him on that, and uh, and again, in, in, in disguising their uh, speeches as questions, they made it clear that they uh, think mail uh, total, having a total uh, mail-in election would be just fine. Uh, what is their obsession with that all about? Well, part of it is uh, every time they push forward bills to force all mail elections, part of what they also do is they use that bill to override state laws they don't like. Um, Nancy Pelosi's original bill, for example, would have voided all voter ID laws uh, in, in the country. They are now trying to get rid of all witness and, and signature comparison requirements for absentee ballots, uh, all of which would make it easier to cheat and easier to manipulate elections. I mean, the other thing they're trying to force is every state to allow vote harvesting. Well, vote harvesting means you're allowing uh, candidates, campaign staffers, party activists, and political consultants to go to people's uh, doors and ask them for their absentee ballots, which also means that those folks can pressure voters to vote a particular way. They, they obviously think all of this will give them an advantage in the election, and so they, they keep pushing this, even though we all know absentee or mail-in ballots are more vulnerable to all of these kinds of problems. And they tried to tie it in with the COVID-19 and the, the fact that uh, uh, blacks are more affected by that disease and that by not allowing them to vote, you are you are putting them at risk of dying from the COVID-19 virus. That's, that looks like that's the direction they're going to go with that. Yeah, and that's absurd because, uh, look, if they really believe that, then why are they pushing to make vote harvesting legal everywhere? In other words, what could be more dangerous than allowing strangers to go door to door to door to ask you for your absentee ballots or they can deliver it? Isn't that going to spread the disease? And yet that's something they've been pushing everywhere. Hey, so I have about a minute and a half left. Uh, uh, before we go, um, I'm just wondering uh, what your feelings are about the Durham investigation and whether whether we should be expecting anything um, that might affect the election before the election. Don't, don't know how to answer that. But, you know, that, that investigation has been well done because there hasn't been a single leak from inside the investigation. So we really have no idea how far along he is, whether he's close to finishing or whether it's still going to take many months for him to complete his investigation and talk to all the witnesses and everybody else involved. So we, we just don't know whether um, we're finally going to get the results of that investigation before, before the election. Is it a good thing or a bad thing that there are no leaks? Is that a good sign, I guess, or a bad sign? That's a, that's a good sign because that means you have people who are really trying to do law enforcement 
instead mm-hmm. of using law enforcement for partisan political purposes, which is what the prior administration did too much. Well, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, what happens when that finally comes out. Hans, always uh, great to have you on. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's Hans von Spakovsky, and we'll be right back. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724 884 1496 724-884-1496. Issues of human suffering and societal injustice play incessantly on every outlet around us. Yet it seems like everywhere you turn, there are more unanswered questions and few honest explanations about why so many of our liberties are under attack. How do we regain order and a sense of normalcy? Find clear answers to the most important questions we face as a nation when you stream Morality in the 21st Century on Salem Now. This on-demand video discussion with syndicated media host Dennis Prager and distinguished theologian Dr. Wayne Grudem gives you a well-defined understanding about the enemies within our institutions and a vibrant roadmap to protect our God-given liberties. In Morality in the 21st Century, Dennis Prager and Wayne Grudem confront the toughest social issues of today by digging deep into religious and political history and through never-before-told personal stories provide a clear direction for a visionary future. Visit SalemNow.com to stream Morality in the 21st Century and type in the code Pittsburgh for a 20% discount. That's SalemNow.com. We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. No one we grew up with could have dreamed of what we have been able to accomplish. Our mother was born in poverty to share properties. She was living the American nightmare. So for us, the American dream meant not only the freedom to find love and follow our faith. Freedom meant not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we should vote for. In Uprising, we talk about the world we grew up in. And what led us to rebel against that world? And how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers and how you can reach others too. You've seen us and you've heard us. Now read all about us in Uprising. Uprising by Diamond and Silk, coming August 18th. Pre-order at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Hey, John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. Now, I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now it comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. And it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money back guarantee. Just go to mypillow.com. And save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it's a strange world we're living in. Some sports notes here as we close out. Uh, All the Marlins games have been, uh, through Sunday, have been postponed because they had a COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, They had uh, something like 11 guys on the team, actual players, test positive the other day, and then four more 
uh, tested positive today. So Miami had postponed its home opener against the Orioles last night, and they're in uh, Philadelphia quarantined right now. So uh, the, Mar- the Marlins were scheduled to play the Oilers, uh, Orioles, I should say, in a home-and-home series this week, and then the Nationals were supposed to come into town for a three-game series over the weekend. So all those games are all out, postponed. Uh, and as part of the scheduling changes, the rest of the Phillies and Yankees home-and-home series this week has also been postponed out of an abundance of caution, it says. Additional rescheduling during the week of August 3rd will be announced later this week. The Yankees will play the Orioles in Baltimore on Wednesday and Thursday instead. So uh, I think that, I don't know. Philadelphia will be off until it returns to Citizens Bank Park on Friday. They'll play the Blue Jays there. This is when I say it's strange. So the the Phillies will finally come back and uh, to their home ballpark and play the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays will be the home team because the Blue Jays from Toronto are not allowed to play in Canada. And uh, and then the Phillies uh, were tested for the coronavirus after their weekend series against the Marlins, and in that uh, only after that test, those tests only one Philly uh, staff member tested positive. So all the players tested negative, but the Philadelphia players will be in isolation until Friday. Today's Tuesday, so they're going to be technic- they're going to be isolated until Friday. As I've said from the beginning here, if I were a ball player. Uh, who is making millions of dollars, has already made tens of millions of dollars, or even just a guy making the average uh, salary, which is 4 or $5 million a year, and I've been doing that for a few years. Uh, there is no way on this earth I would play baseball if I had to put up with this. Some players did opt out. They didn't want to deal with it. But the stupidity of this, how any, why any player who didn't need the money would put up with this, I'll never understand. I, as I've said a few times, I would be on a boat somewhere right now in the Caribbean. And by the way, uh, if you're between the ages of 20 and 49, your chances of dying are, if you catch the virus, are 0.0092%. Nine deaths per 100,000. But keep them safe in baseball. Close down everything. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.